podcast family welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we're looking at the word of god through the lens of caregiving today we're in the book of luke the 12th chapter verses 35 through 40 the new international version version reads be dressed ready for service and keeping your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes the knocks and knocks they can immediately open the door for him it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he re- when he comes truly i tell you he will dress himself to serve will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them it will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak but understand this If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So we're going to spend a couple of minutes this episode just on waiting on God. Throughout the previous episodes, I hope it's been pretty clear that we can trust our God, right? Therefore, waiting shouldn't be an issue for us, but it is, isn't it? Today's passage provides a metaphor of how we are to wait and also why. Jesus in this chapter has been speaking to the crowds, warning them against the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and greed. Just prior to this passage, he states that where we place our treasure is where we also is is where our heart is also. And then we get to this passage. And what it's saying to us specifically after Jesus just kind of sort of looked at our financial spreadsheet <laughs> to see how we're spending the money that he's given us, right? So why this passage? Why now? He he kind of pivots, it looks like from giving us a list of things to do to, okay, now we need to be ready and to be ready for service. I just love that. Be ready for service. What are we to be ready for? Service. In the verses that precede this one, they're kind of, you know, the guidelines to getting ready. You know, being watchful, understanding who he is so we can... um, see the false prophets and see the hypocrisy don't be greedy lend to the poor all these kind of things getting us ready to be of service but also when i read this passage there are a number of things that um, that stand out to me one service isn't an option notice jesus doesn't ask us do we want to serve he says be ready to serve or be ready for service whichever version you have Being in the body of Christ, we are called, we're all called to serve. And guess what, my dear caregivers out there? Caregiving is a service. No, I'm not going to change the name of the podcast. (laughs) Parenting is a service. Being the head of a household is a service. When mom came to live with me, I recognized that now I was responsible for her, 
way before the diagnosis of Alzheimer's. She was living with me. I was the head of the household. I was responsible for providing and ensuring that she had a comfortable place to stay. I'm also a pet owner. I'm responsible for the pets in my charge. I take them to the vet. I take it just like having people. It's a service because we are taking care of all of that that God has given us charge over. And so service isn't an option. And don't think because you haven't been um, enlisted into, once again, traditional ministry service that you're not in service to the Lord. We are to be in service to him every day. Service is not an option. Number two, this passage tells us that preparation needs to be involved in order for us to be ready for service. This entire passage actually speaks to being prepared for service. Keeping our oil lamps burning is the act of being prepared. And looking at my current season right now, I'm in seminary. God is preparing me for something. I have no idea what it's what it is really. You know, I, I kind of know what I'd like to do, but you know, God is God and he can take something and morph it into, you know, all sorts of things. But I do know that I must need to have some formal academic background. Otherwise, he wouldn't have, you know, told me to come to seminary. And so we're all in various stages of being prepared. And you don't have to look at being prepared once again, you know, in more of a traditional type of service or ministry like me going to seminary. God may be calling you to teach in his church, right? But he may not tell you to go to seminary. You may not have to. There may be other ways in which he brings the knowledge that you need for the service. Being in service, let's say you're married. And marriage is supposed to be the symbol of Christ and the church, right? Don't take marriage for granted. It's good to go to counseling, whether you think you need it or not. I am of the mindset now, excuse me, having friends who have been married are married, I'm beginning to realize that in order to prepare and to maintain a healthy marriage, counseling is probably in order. Just to do kind of like safety checks or maintenance checks along the way so that it lasts. But to prepare for marriage, what what must you do? Have your house in order. Be a good person. Learn how to share. Learn how to listen. Learn um, not to be so self-centered. Um, recognize that the person who you're entering a marriage covenant with isn't there to just give you everything that you need. He or she isn't to make you happy, so to speak. You're, you're to bring happiness with you and y'all complement each other. Prepare. Just don't take things for granted. Nothing. Preparation is involved for service. I think it's also crucial that we understand God doesn't expect us or God expects us to be at the forefront of our preparation. I don't know why I'm having a problem with that. Maybe because I'm from Texas, being prepared. (laughs) He he doesn't, laziness isn't in God's vocabulary. There's work to be done. Remember, Jesus stated that the harvest is few, but the the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Why are there so few laborers? Because we're lazy. (laughs) 
We, we're not dressed. We don't have our oil lamps ready. We haven't done what was required for us to be prepared for the next stage that God has for us. And while service isn't an option, a lot of us think that it is. And so we're not moving toward the direction that the Holy Spirit is guiding us toward. We become lazy and we just kind of sit around and we're not doing the necessary things to equip ourselves for the next phase. We expect God or someone else to do it all. And guess what? Then that next phase never happens. Are there some of you out there who there's been a dream in your heart, something that you've been longing for that you've always wanted to do and you've been waiting for the right moment? Honestly, I have no idea if such a thing exists, the quote-unquote right moment or the perfect moment. No, what I really believe happens is that by your faith, you start stepping out on what God has placed in your heart and you begin begin to start making the necessary preparation for whatever you want to do. Like for me, I'm going to school. Then God starts maneuvering things in such a way that the quote-unquote right moment then presents itself. But you see, you've got to get on the move move first. It's just like when God was bringing the Israelites through the promised land and he had them step their foot in the Jordan River. This isn't when they crossed the Red Sea, but it's when the priest with the Ark of the Covenant They had to step out in the Jordan before that body of water departed. They had to act, and we have to act as well. So stop thinking and waiting for the right moment. God is urging you to do certain things. Go ahead and do it. We've got to get a move on because there's work to do. Okay, enough fussing. I'm sorry. (laughs) The third thing that this passage presents that I see is that the waiting may take longer than what we expected, <laughs> right? I know some of you are saying, duh, because you're seasoned saints, so you've been with the Lord for a minute, and you know that he, his timing is always perfect, but it's not according to our timeline. And Jesus gives the indication where he says in this passage that, you know, the master may return in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. That means even though we're expecting his return, we know he's coming, we have no idea when. But it's not for us to be lazy. It's not for us to sit around. It's time for us to be busy and be prepared, filling up our oil lamps. And the fourth thing that this passage teaches me is that the master will return. Is that not comforting? To realize that God is going to put everything in order. And I know we look at this passage and, and it's very easy for us to take this passage and transition it into Christ's return. He's coming back. We have eternal life in him and he's going to make everything right. But I also think we can look at it from a practical sense as well what we've prayed for, what we've been, you know, petitioning God for. We pray for it, and then we leave it alone and allow God to do what needs to be done. And we busy ourselves with all of those things that he's told us to do. And we allow him time 
to do whatever it is that he has to do in order to return. And the return in this sense is the answering of our prayers. But he will answer them. The master will return. I like, you can look at it this way. The faithfulness of God. He is faithful. You've been with him all these times. He has proven to you that you, he, you can count on him. He will do exactly what he says he will do. So if he's asked you to do something, you do it. And then you leave everything else to him. Because he's faithful and he will return. Today, I want you to concentrate on the three things, or four things. Service isn't an option, so look at what God has asked you to do. And and look at all the roles that you have within your life today. Caregiver, parent, spouse, manager, waitress, all of those things. All of those things are service to the Lord. He's placed you there for a reason. Now, on top of that, he could place you in more traditional forms of service. You know, being in quote-unquote ministry, teaching a Bible study, mentoring young children you could be pastors you could be an usher just whatever service isn't an option we're children of God and we need to prepare make sure you're doing whatever service that he's giving you to do to the best of your ability don't take anything for granted there's work to be done three if you've prayed on something that you would like him to do Understand that he hasn't forgotten about you. You just may have to wait a little longer than what you expected. But you continue to do what he's told you to do. If you haven't heard anything else from God since the last thing he told you to do, that means you're you're to continue to do what he told you last. And fourth, he will return. Your prayer will be answered. He will make it right. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being a God who gives us tasks to do, who places desires and dreams in our hearts. We thank you for being a God who enlists our partnership with you in order to bring about more souls coming into the kingdom, that you use us as active participants, as shining witnesses to your glory. Forgive us if we have been sitting on the sideline and allowing the harvest to be plentiful and have not gone out there and done our fair share. Help us to realize that there is work to be done and it isn't work that is too hard for us. Help us to have a mindset of we are your service, servants and that we want you to use us. Show us how to better use our time so that we will be able to do the things that you've placed in our hearts and be able to take care of ourselves in the process. Help us to realize that all of the things that you've asked us to do, that still doesn't mean that we are to neglect ourselves or does that mean that we're to neglect the relationship that we have from you? This day, Father, help us to ready ourselves as we wait for your return being busy and diligent about those things that you've asked us to do thus far. For those of us who have petitioned you on certain aspects of our lives, for our loved ones, for our children, for our spouse, for people on our job, 
we know right now, Father, that you have heard us. And we're standing, waiting on you for your response. Help us to wait with a good attitude and help us to wait knowing that you will answer in your timing. And when you do answer, it will be perfect. We love you. We lift up the name of Jesus because it is in his name that we pray. Amen. All right. I want you to have a great day and go minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.